Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with my girl, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Excellent. How are you doing? We've got all the ladies on the show tonight. All Woo-hoo. the ladies. Our girl, Steph, is with us. Steph, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. You know, we just had a Chong on here. Papa Chong. Papa Chong. I know. He made his podcasting debut. <laughs> I love Papa Chung. It's I love talking to parents. There's nothing I love more than talking to a parent of a CrossFitter. It's just the best. Get all the dirt, all the good he, dirt. He was so censored also. Like he told me afterwards, he was like, how did I do? I was so nervous. I didn't want to say anything that embarrassed you. And I was like, dad, you have so many more stories than that. Like <laughs> <laughs> You I know. Really I thought. Like. I really thought when he came when he came out with the like stuff is clumsy story. I was like, does it? Yeah, and and Nikki's like, we know. Give me some dirt. <laughs> I, I have witnessed it. Uh, anything else? No, it was great having him on. Seriously, he Love has so it. much fun. I hope he can like come on again and like relax a little, so he can actually tell some stories because he's. I mean, he's got a lifetime. Well, I'm, I'm just slowly collecting a Rolodex of all the CrossFit parents. And eventually we're going to start a support group. It's going to be great. (laughs) Oh, I love it. They need one. Eventually. Well, before we jump into all this, let's talk about our sponsor, Nikki. Uh, You can, who I have been pounding their stuff lately. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. What stuff in particular have you been into Uh, recently? Well, so I go back and forth. I use the squeezies that you love. Um, yeah. The last couple of days, I've been doing, um, gosh, just in the last week, I feel like I've been doing more like kind of endurance training. And so I'll I'll do one of the little uh, protein bars, the wrong term for it, but I'll do one of the bars and I'll have a little yogurt with it. And then oh, like nice. I, I did that today and then did a 45 minute bike ride and it was great. Like you just never hit the wall, which is exactly what I want. And then, you know, I'm exhausted when I get off and you get that typical bike, you know, kind of swagger when you get off the mm-hmm. seat, and walk right. But, but otherwise they're great. Yeah. You can has been awesome. We've been really enjoying um, all of their products are formulated with their special sort of like carb blend. They call it their super starch. Um, it is kind of helping me as an athlete, quote unquote, air quote athlete. Right. But uh, as a CrossFitter in general, like not be afraid of carbs because carbs are energy if you use them right. And if they're made well and if they're made clean, you need them because like you said, John, you just don't hit the wall um, and you can use them to supplement longer training sessions and figure out where they make sense for you and all of that good stuff. So the squeezies, i.e. the edge energy packets have been my go-to lately because my stomach is about these big now and it lives like at the very top of my rib cage. Uh, thanks, baby, for moving all my organs around. Um, but I don't have room <laughs> for like actual food anymore, which is the saddest thing in the world. Steph watched me eat like seven almonds yesterday as a snack, which is like the opposite of who I am. Um, but sad. the... Yeah, it was sad. But the uh, the the squeezies or the edge energy, like kind of like goo, but goo is the wrong word because it's not a gross consistency. It's like a nice, it's like a liquidy consistency. It's like a nice goo. It's a nice it's goo. A nice goo. That's it's been my go-to. Um, but you also can try. You can. It is U-C-A-N dot C-O. Leave the M off. It's not dot com. It's dot co. Uh, and you can use code WADS, W-O-D-S, to save some money. Hey, here's a little pro tip for you, and then we'll move into the show. I um, I took one to work the other day because I knew I was going to work out as soon as I was done, and I I 
had it with my Fit Aid actually, and I stuck it in the fridge. I forgot to take it out of the bag my Fit Aid was in. And so when it came out of the fridge, it was ice cold and it was awesome. So good cold. I don't know what the difference was. It was just like this nice little peanut butter treat. It was nice and chilled. Ooh, I love that idea. Okay. Saving that for later. Yep. So try that. All right. Well, it's uh, it's games week. That's what we're talking about. It's okay. games week. Actually, before we get into that, can I can I tell you guys about a funny DM that I got today? Because I would really love for you to weigh in on this. Oh, all right. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. This is important. So someone someone sent me a DM and they were having a shoe identity crisis. And so I definitely I definitely need John's opinion on this. So um, this girl's going to start at her first CrossFit gym in a couple of weeks. She's been CrossFitting on her own already. This is her first time going into public, so to speak. And she said, what are shoes that are like, I'm not very good at it, but I've been doing it for a long time. But I'm not competition, but I want to lift more than you, but I want you to think I'm fun and I'm not trying too hard. And she said, I wear Metcons now and I'm afraid people won't take me seriously. I feel like if I buy Noble, people will think I'm good and I'll actually disappoint them. But do you like Nanos? I don't know. This is my first real CrossFit gym and I'm really nervous. Right. Before <laughs> I answer, are you 100% positive this wasn't someone just trying to get you to send a foot photo? No. <laughs> I have been tricked into that before, but no, no, no. This was someone who was like actually very sweet and was listening to the show and said that, um, you know, we feel like we're her friends. So I was like, this is definitely a John shoe identity question. I I have a couple of answers and one will make Steph very happy. So I would say if you're, you can still get the no bowls, but get the canvas because those are, very cute and stylish and you can still work out in them, but you can also just wear them around town. I have a pair. I love it. Like I know I make fun of Noble a lot, Steph. I apologize, but mm-hmm. I love the canvas shoes. Love them. Mm. They're great. Um, and they're cheap. They're like a hundred bucks. Like, so from a price point, they're not expensive. Um, I think for me, I, you know, me, I love innovate. Like that's been my thing lately. I think they come in fun colors you know, they're not as traditional as a Nano or a Metcon, um, you know, and they've got, you know, multitude of sizes and shapes. And I think you can kind of find one to fit any need and, and you can kind of sneak in. People won't immediately go, oh, CrossFitter, like the Nano with the big CrossFit logo on it. So those would be my two choices personally. Ooh, I like them. And if anyone wants my input, Big surprise here. I say, girl, buy the net, the nobles. Like, they're going to last you forever. There's a million cute colors. And I also like the canvas ones, but I like to keep mine clean because I do wear them around town. And I want people to think that it's like they're not the shoes that I work out in. But um, yeah, the, the super fabric trainers will last you for forever. So dive in, get the nobles. It'll be a point of conversation when you show up to the gym. And no one knows you. And they're like, oh my gosh, I love like that pattern. I love that color. And you're like, oh yeah, this is actually like my first shoe. And then you'll have instant friends. Everyone can connect over gym shoes. I fully agree with that sentiment. Yeah, that's what I said too. I told her that my favorite right now are the Noble Trainers um, with the super fabric and the floral patterns specifically are like my current jam. Um, but I also recommended our fave, uh, Under Armour Tri-Base Reigns and, uh, the new Innovates. 
um, the ones that you've been posting in your story recently, John, look really oh, badass. The, so. the 245s are so comfy. They, they mm-hmm. weigh like half an ounce. They're so light. They're stable. And oh, I love them. I also said that I like, I really do like the Nano 11s too, but they're like a cushier shoe. And that's been like my best friend. Like I have actually been doing a lot of CrossFit workouts in my Noble Runners and in my 11s and like all those like more kind of like squishy soft shoes because I'm, you know, putting weird weight on my feet and weigh. I now weigh more than Matt weighed when we first met. He nice. reminded me the other day. Nice. Well, so. your joints are thanking you for that. <laughs> Soft shoe. <laughs> the extra cushiness. Yes, of yes. course. Anyway, I wanted to share that question with you because I knew you guys would have fun weighing in. So I love it. Always love to talk shoes. Any chance I get. All right. All right. Games week. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I thought it would be fun. Um, I, I mean, we love having Steph on anyway, but I didn't want to do like kind of the typical games discussion. I was hoping, Steph, you could give us some insight. And Steph, I know that... Uh, Nikki's got probably a thousand questions here, but I really wanted to like, kind of get a a sense of what the week is like for an athlete, like from top to bottom, like you got to get there, you get all your gear and I'm sure everyone's like, you know, nauseous and nervous and, and you already know some of the events. Like I just kind of want to dive into what the week looks like as an athlete. Yeah. Well, so we're, we're a week out. So most Athletes are probably tapering a little bit now. So now it's kind of like this, honestly, the, the week leading up to the games for me was the hardest because you're like nervous, you're excited, you like are kind of ready to get going, but you have to like lay off training. So something you've been spending so much time on, so much focus on, you're now like needing to pull back a little bit. So the week leading up is always like you have a little more time on your hands, but you want to be going, you want to be doing things. Um, And then when you get there, it's like all of that nervous excitedness, just when you get all your kit and you show up and they welcome you. And like for us, we got fitted for our uh, weight vests. You get, um, you know, fitted for shoes, make sure everything fits right. And you take pictures, you do stuff for media, you know, it's really cool in those first days. And personally, I was nervous, but I was just super excited because there's nothing left to qualify for. You know, it's like you've worked so hard to be at this final event and it's so close. Describe that feeling to me. So like, I've always found this interesting, particularly for CrossFit athletes, because it's such a different sport than professional baseball or football or soccer or whatever like you guys train amongst everyday crossfitters doing all the same stuff and i know you do different stuff but it's still you're in a gym with everybody else right and so you know and you don't see as an example professional baseball players don't go out to the local fields and you know hit balls with just everyday athletes right so you guys don't get that kind of everyday people stop you on the street to sign autograph kind of feeling and then you get to the games and they're like you guys are treated like rock stars. Like what's that like going from what I think is like kind of zero to a hundred miles an hour. Totally weird. At least for me where in 2018, I think I hadn't really like conceptualized that people knew who I was and being in a regional that was in Europe 
like I didn't quite put together that people in the U S like, even though I was, I'm obviously an American athlete. Like I didn't know that people knew who I was. So it's, it was for me totally like going from somewhere where people at gyms maybe knew you, but it's also possible that they knew you like not as a CrossFit athlete, you know, the community in the middle East is like super small to then coming to the U S and having like, fans know who you were it was really cool really humbling obviously and it totally caught me off guard because we didn't live that life out there you know have you, have you had one of those autograph moments where they ask for an autograph and you're like are you sure you sure you want me to sign this um every single time <laughs> it's still i'm like oh really <laughs> like from me do you are you sure <laughs> uh it's- Friggin' saint. Every time someone asks me for a selfie, I'm like, um, why? Sure, if you want to, but like, why? Right. Somebody asked me to sign a shirt once and I told them no because I wasn't going to ruin what they just paid 25 bucks for. I'm like, no chance. <laughs> no, I don't want to ruin your shirt. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, you will it. never remember who I am 10 years from now. You're not, I'm not scribbling my name on that thing. No chance. I totally did the same thing. When people asked me to sign something, I would sign like the bitsiest little place where I didn't think it was like taking away from the rest of like the shirt or the sign. I was like, so you could like maybe pretend it wasn't there if you didn't remember me in a couple of years. If you change your mind, you can totally pretend like I never actually touched this with a Sharpie. Right. You could white it out and people would never know. (laughs) Does this experience make it worse or better? Like, does it make you more nervous or calm you down to have people all of a sudden going, Oh my God, you're Steph Chung. Gotta get an autograph. Uh, for me, like it was just part of the experience. I don't know that it made me, it pushed me in either direction. It probably made me more excited because I really felt like, Hey, like I deserve to be here enough that like people know who I am. So I must've, you know, proven myself to some degree. So I guess it kind of gave me this like confidence and that, Oh, I like maybe do belong here with the athletes who've made 10 consecutive games, you know? Um, but definitely not nervous. It's all, I love saying hi to CrossFitters, whether they like, you know, know who I am or as a games athlete or not, it's just fun to talk to people who don't go to your own box. I think the, one of the coolest things that I've witnessed more so in the last couple of years, um, is like families and especially little kids and especially like little girls who will come up to you and ask for an autograph or ask for a picture or something like the, the more mainstream we get with the sport of fitness, the more of a role model I see you and other elite athletes becoming for young kids and young girls in particular. And that like, that is really setting up the next generation. I feel like for something special, is it, is it like weird, cool, interesting, exciting, whatever to see yourself in that kind of a light? Yeah. Those are my favorite messages to get. And when, you know, people come up to me and they have kids with them, you know, and the kids like might be shy or whatever. Um, it's cool to know that the younger generation is watching because obviously younger girls and younger boys are very impressionable. So the messages that we send them about sport, about fitness, about who you are as an adult and who you can be as an adult are really important. So I love when kids say hi and ask me what, you know, they should do and say that they're like so excited to 
to go to the gym and train with their parents because they think that they can be an elite athlete as an adult. I mean, our sport is so unique because I think, yes, the CrossFit Games athletes are 1%, 1 0.1%, maybe. But to be in a, think about being an Olympian with the Olympics happening now, like how many kids get to grow up and think like, there's a real possibility that I'm going to be an Olympic gymnast or there's a possibility I'm going to be an Olympic swimmer. You know, those numbers are even less than our games athletes. And really anyone can make the games. You know, if you train hard for years, you dedicate the time, you have good competitions. Like, you know, we have, there are so many rookies every single games. So it's like really possible that one of these kids could be a new games athlete. So I love hearing that they're really inspired by, the athletes of this generation and then knowing that they're going to hopefully replace us in the future. Well, some of them are doing yeah. it this year. Steph, so. oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. The teens. What yeah. is that? They're I, so fit. It's so I can't, scary. Even wrap, I can't even wrap my mind around. I had a, I have a bunch of friends that were out training uh, James Townsend's gym last week. Quan was there and uh, Dex and a few other people that I know. And I'm just sitting there and they were all training, you know, um, and I'm sitting there going, I wonder how it feels, all these grown men finishing so far behind a 17-year-old girl who's just destroying them in the workouts, like absolutely destroying them in every single way. Like, I love to see it. Oh, I, know. I, I just do. I do too. It's, it's like, I mean, we laugh because it's like scary. You know, you're like, how are you so fit, but you're so young? Like you're strong. You're I get the, like the fast, the gymnastics, but like, they're so strong too. They're just really well-rounded athletes, but I think it, it really speaks to if you're doing the right things when you're young and you start and when you start, you train with purpose. Like there's a lot of potential in this sport for kids who are willing to dedicate their time to it. Yeah. And you know, John and I have talked about this a bunch of times. I won't, I won't dive too far into it, but like the kids who are rising up within the sport right now are like, they're focused, they're dedicated. They're also like kind, considerate humans. Like it's really like rounding out like who they are and who they're becoming as adults and their coaches and their parents. Like John is, like he said, is, is become friends with a lot of them. And we had a lot of them on the show, especially recently. They're all banding together to train the kids right that's a thing. It's like, you're not going to see a 10 year old maxing out every single day or like doing stupid CrossFit shit that like we all did when we first started. Like they're really, really smart and they're getting them to the point that they, they can compete when they're at the proper age and just below everyone. They're going to be cyborgs. Like they're not human. I don't understand. They're it's so impressive and it's so good that they have a community behind them. That's really interested yeah. in doing the right thing from the start, you know, like it would just be, it would be really sad to me to see in the future, the sport change into something that's more like mainstream sports where you have like, you know, kids who are trying to compete when they're too young and going through injury after injury because they're not doing it right. Um, even the mentality of athletes, you know, you mentioned them being just really good human beings. I really think that's something that's super unique to our sport and the elite athletes are sport that they're humble. They're happy to talk to you like your average person who goes to the gym, you know, they're just good people. And I really hope that's something about our culture that will continue even as the sport begins to become a little bit more professional 
and grow in the long term. Well, hopefully now that they're allowing, you know, as an example, college football players are going to be able to profit off their likeness um, where they haven't been able to in the past. Hopefully Mm -hmm. some of those athletes will cross over into CrossFit because I think there's is some fear there or has been that, you know, you can't go out and win a competition, you know, even if it's only $5,000 and, you know, then it disqualifies you from playing for the Crimson Tide or some okay. team that's out there. So hopefully that'll help. Um, and bluntly, I think, you know, the one thing I love about, you know, kind of games week is it gives exposure of these athletes and their families to athletes like yourself. Cause the one thing I've seen often is a lot of these families, like they don't know, they know they have a gifted athlete, but they don't know where to turn. They don't know mm. who to send them to, to train. So like, you know, Mal, for instance, has James, who's a fantastic coach and a great facility and, and is able to coach her, but she's probably more the exception than the rule of someone who has a terrific coach at 17. And I think a lot of these young athletes, or at least the families that I've met, they'll even, they'll ask me like, who should I go to? Who should I call? What programming should we use? You know? And, mm. And so I, you know, I hope they get a lot of, ex, you know, a lot of those athletes get exposure to people like yourself this week to help them get that, you know, kind of guidance of where they should turn as they're looking to, you know, forge forward with a CrossFit career, knock on wood, we hope. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's for as close knit as the CrossFit community is, it is somewhat difficult to see outside of your immediate box, I think. Um, unless you live, you know, in a major city where there are multiple boxes and they have good kind of relationships and you meet the people who work there and the coaches that work there. But the games is like concentrate, you know, it's like CrossFit concentrated all in one place. One now Madison's relatively small city, one venue, everyone's there. It's like such a good place to get ideas, talk to new people, meet new people. I, you know, I went to the games to spectate in 2016. I was at the games in 2018 and I'm going again this year And every time I come away having like met someone who I didn't know before or hadn't talked to at length before and coming out with a really good connection to them or someone gives me, you know, a new coaching idea that I didn't know before. It's just a really good place to learn, I think. Agreed. I have the same experience, obviously, on a much different level, but I think that's the the fun part of going to the games is just getting to meet people and network and, and, you know, kind of meet the decision makers and you know, to the point of the athletes, the people that can really steer you toward where you can have the most success. Yeah, totally. CrossFit summer camp. Exactly. (laughs) That's my favorite week of the year. It's totally CrossFit camp. You live in a bubble and like you forget about the rest of the world for a couple of days. And like the most important things that are happening are happening right in front of you. And they are thrusters and rope climbs. Like, you know, it's just, it's fun to like, just nerd out on this thing that we all love for a couple of days of the year. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. So very important question. If it's the week leading up to games and you're an athlete that's prepping, Mm -hmm. what and how do you pack? (laughs) Uh, Liberally. Okay. (laughs) Liberally. Well, I mean, so my experience, I came from the Middle East. So like I had to pack literally all the gym stuff that I owned because it wasn't like close by and I didn't have anyone who was like coming from the Middle East to bring it with them. Um, You have to pack for everything because you just don't know what's coming. And so 
even though, you know, when it was in 2018, Reebok gave us kits, they gave us all the kind of shoes that you needed, but you know, you have to think of like all the different grips and belts and like sleeves, wrist wraps, like even things that I didn't use on a regular basis in my training, I brought them. Cause like, you just never know what you're going to want to like, how you're going to want to strategize a workout, what you're going to want to change that, you know, like extra protection that you didn't need on the turf in the sun. Do you need gloves to walk on your hands? Do you want, you know, normally I don't wear knee sleeves for many heavy lifts, but if you're maxing out, I'm definitely wearing knee sleeves. You know, it's like, you have to bring the stuff even that you don't think that you need with you. And then in terms of clothes, like that was pretty easy because we knew we were getting everything that like, and we couldn't really wear anything else. Um, Packing was in, I like to consider myself a good packer. I am like the detailed list where I think about it for like a week and keep adding things and taking things away and planning like very in detail. And then it just the day before gets thrown into a suitcase. You know, like if I were just left with my suitcase alone, I would like forget everything. But (laughs) the list was very extensive. It was very long. And it basically came down to like, okay, what do I have? What have I ever needed ever in training? What could I possibly conceive that I would need? And then it's going in the bag. And then you get there and Dave goes, uh, you're doing a marathon row. And you're like, I don't have three hours worth of gummy bears. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And inevitably, you have to be ready for this situation that you're not prepared for. There always is one. And that was one. We um, We went to the store and actually bought those goo packs gross. And, uh, you know, like bought all the things that no one ever thought that they would need for sitting three hours on a rower. Yeah. Well, as long as I live, I'll never, I won't forget that for two reasons. Number one, as a spectator, watching someone row for three hours is mind numbing, like completely. (laughs) And Oh my God, it was terrible. Yeah. I watched it. I sat there and watched, I did other things, but I had it on TV. I sat there and watched it. I'm like, who programs this shit? This is terrible. You know? I mean, I respected it as an event, but as a spectator, it's terrible, like absolutely terrible until you get kind of toward the end and you see people like kind of dying and, you know, other athletes are getting up and cheering them on. Like that's where it kind of got cool, like right at the very end. But the first couple of hours was like, oh my God, like no yeah. more. I just can't watch this. You know, totally. I wouldn't have, like, I'm going to be so honest with you as a spectator, I wouldn't have watched it all, you know, like my parents, my whole family was there. My um, husband was there and I told them, I was like, go get dinner, come later, like come for the end. You know what I mean? But when we timed it out, we're like at a minimum, it's three hours, you know, like I think the fastest people were 245, maybe if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Am I remembering that right? What'd you say? Was it a Sam Briggs? Wasn't she like right up? She was like way up in the, she had a really low time if I remember right. So I think Margot won it. Margot Alvarez won the whole thing. And I want, and she was close to like the guy's time. Like she was one of the fast ones out on the field. And I want to remember that it was like two forty five. that it was, it was definitely sub three hours. It's crazy. But yeah, I was like, go get dinner go do something like don't sit, definitely don't sit here and watch me just sit and pull for three and a half hours. 
but, and they kind of were like, yeah, okay, we'll like see the start of it. Like that's exciting. And then we'll go and we'll leave and come back. And they just never did. <laughs> they never got, they got up to like go to the bathroom, get food. They just never left. Do you think like, there's anything Dave could do this year that could surprise the athletes or everyone just goes in at this point? And they're like, all right, we know there's something that's going to be terrible. So I don't care. And they just go. If you're smart, that's the mindset that you have. It's like you show up and you're told what to do. And that just is what it is. Um, I think it, it would be naive to think that Dave couldn't come up with something that all the athletes weren't expecting. Like I don't have the creativity in my brain to predict what could be coming. I just don't like I train basically CrossFit and it looks very similar to like, you know, dot com and what everyone else is doing. And he's, you know, going to come up, he's going to come up with something. There's just no doubt in my mind, there'll be an event that the majority of the field either hasn't done or hasn't seen, which is always, it's, it's, that's the magic of the games. That's where it's exciting. A year ago, I did a meme that I was taking their posts that look, you know, they, they were posting the events and I was taking their posts and simulating them and making them look exactly like it was done by CrossFit. And I did one that was marathon handstand walk. And, and, uh, Shadburn saw it and she lost her mind. She's <laughs> was going to go out and start practicing it until somebody told her it was a meme. <laughs> it was like, like she thought it was real. Yeah. She thought, and, and I made it, I was very overt. It was a meme. Like it was like marathon handstand walk on fire or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was like you had to like light your gloves on fire or something <laughs> like that. And, but she saw it and like, you know, and I'm sure like there's so much anxiety around the week. All she saw was marathon handstand walk and Dave's done so much crazy shit like that. She's like, all right, well, let's go. <laughs> oh, it's, this is happening. Yep. But I mean, if that just gives you like, like Bethany has it right. Like if that just gives you insight into what a games athlete's mind is at right now, like where their headspace is, that's exactly it. That's like, see something online must prepare like because you know the way at this stage the way that the events are being announced is on social media like to my knowledge and in the past they've never emailed the athletes before it got put on social media so like you said high anxiety like heightened preparedness you're kind of scrolling through Instagram and you knowing your Photoshop skills, I'm sure the meme looked very, very similar to what CrossFit put out. It It was perfect. It was probably legit. So I don't, I like, I'm totally not surprised that she saw it and was like, Oh, all right, here we go. Uh Uh-huh. Hansen walks on fire. I got this. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So looking at, we don't, we don't know a ton yet, but we know a little bit looking at some of the events that have been announced already for this year. I'd love to get your perspective on, you know, if you, if you were preparing, if you were a week out and I'll tell you what they are. So if you don't know, if you don't have them, can you see that I'm looking them up right now? Um, No, no, no. I was going to say, don't stress. I got them all here written (laughs) down. Um, But there, there are a couple that are, I mean, again, we don't know all of them. There are a couple that are like, I okay, yes, we knew that was something along those lines was going to happen, right? So there's like long swim, longer paddle. It's hard yeah. to talk about because we don't know anything outside of that. We don't know distances, we don't know parameters, we don't know what. But if you're if you're an athlete that, you know, sees that water's coming, is that kind of like a yeah, 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 we knew that or is that do you think that there are some athletes that are like, "Oh shit, I should have been swimming." <laughs> I mean, there are definitely 
I say definitely, like I would have been one of them who was like, ah, shit, swimming. I don't like swimming, but you have, you know, you're going to see it. Like there's certain, and there's certain things. I think it really depends on what level of athlete you are, um, and what you need to work on. So for example, like I've always been a very CrossFit like dominant athlete. I stay in the gym. Um, that's the majority of my training when, and if I qualify for the games, that's when I take it kind of outside, which makes it really fun, but it's kind of like the return on investment of swimming before the open for me is not worth it. You know, I, I need to be doing CrossFit. I think you look at athletes like Tia, um, like Brooke, they're swimming year round, you know, like it's just part of what they do. For people who are more like me, where they might not do those things that they're going to see at the games until they like confirmed I've made the games, then maybe they're like, oh yeah, swimming, you know? And, but at that point, it's not like a surprise that they're seeing it. It's more of like, how is it programmed? Mm -hmm. So for us, like in 2018, we got pretty, I got pretty lucky. Like it was a pretty short swim. I think it was like a 500 meter swim overall. That's not terrible in a lake. We don't know anything about how long the swim is. I would assume given that that wasn't, um, called a long swim, I would assume that it's going to be at least double that, if not more. Um, so it just depends on like what, who thinks that that plays to their strengths and what they've been practicing. It is interesting that CrossFit is still in the state that, uh, that happens, meaning like athletes like Tia who can train full-time year round are able to swim year round. There are a lot of athletes that are in school, they have jobs, they like, they don't, they can't swim and do CrossFit. They have to pick. And then you also see things that happen that are like, I would deem as kind of regional strengths. Like I remember a couple of years ago or maybe three years ago when they had the, what they, it was the bike race, right. And all the, the European, crit. yeah. They, well, the, the actual bike race though, where the Europeans dominated it because they bike all the time, you know, like, American athletes just don't bike as much. They just don't, you know, like that's a thing in Europe, you know, so the European athletes really good in it. And, you know, years from now, you won't see that anymore. You'll have, hopefully again, knock on wood, the sport will evolve and grow to the space where the athletes are all training year round and are able to be more multifaceted maybe than they are now. So it'll be interesting to me to see, you know, this year who has honed in on the swim. Like I, I saw everyone saying, when they saw this swim paddle thing, everybody's like, all right, well, Tia's a lock. I'm like, that kind of sucks to think that. And I love Tia. That's not a complaint on her. It's just like, I hate to think we're going into an event. You've already like given it to someone. Mm. You've seen what they've done. You know, you yeah. follow, like, well, I think it's a little bit, um, you know, first, I don't know the right word for it, but it's kind of easy to say like, oh, well, Tia is going to run away with it that could be said, I think about any workout that goes up on the board. Um, the second is that I think there's some really good swimmers and whatever this paddle is, you know, like she did dominate the like prone paddle, the knee paddle, Mm -hmm. but I think this one is different, right? They've hinted that it might be stand up. Yep. Which I'm not saying Tia's bad at that. Um, she probably isn't. She's probably still fantastic at it, but there are a lot of people who stand up paddle like often, you know, in the, and in the 2018 games, that was kind of like the first experience on a paddle for a lot of people. It was definitely the first time we'd like seen it um, programmed. So it's like anything else. The the first year that you see an implement 
after that, everyone's like practicing it more because now it's quote unquote, something you could see at the games. So I think that there might be some more experience coming in to the field this year with those two things. Um, not to say that Tia won't dominate it. She very well could, but I, I don't know that it's definitely as much of a lock as um, it would have been in 2018. And it's, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's all about like, you know, how are they going to start it? How long is the swim? Like you might have someone who like, I think am I remembering correctly that like Amanda Barnhart is a collegiate swimmer. Oh yeah. yeah. So like, I don't remember what her event was, but if she was a distance swimmer, like that could go really well for her. So it's all up in the air. I think. Do you, do you have any sense of how many of these athletes are training full-time now? I, I do no research for this stuff, so I got no clue. <laughs> I could look at the list and probably tell you how many I think are. And that was actually one point, one of your points I was also going to bring up is that it is kind of hard to compare apples to apples when the announcers go like, oh, like, you know, these are the top five and like, here are the bottom five. It's like, there isn't necessarily an even playing field yet because a lot of the perennial games athletes do this full time. They don't have day jobs. They don't do anything else because they're able to support themselves financially on competing. And I do like you, I hope that it becomes more common in the future for games athletes to be professional athletes not because I want to leave out the athletes who work a, a full-time job. I'm about to be one of them. You know, I, I love seeing that story of like, you know, someone who has a full-time job, it was kids even and makes the games. That's super impressive to me, but I hope that in this, in the future, the sport has the capacity to pay athletes a little bit more. And, you know, there's brings more sponsorships in, which brings money because that's how, teenagers, you know, the upcoming generation is going to be able to say like, Hey, this is what I want to do for a living. And it's realistic that I can do this without like putting myself in a financial hole. Mm. Well, you're going to need, you know, they'll need to follow the model that we've seen in some other sports like tennis and golf as an example, golf's a pro- probably a pretty good example where you can see amateur golfers coming up through tournaments and gathering sponsors as they go. And they go from being the guy that's down, you know, changing tires at the local tire shop to play it on the PGA tour, you know, you know, not too uh, far distance because they've been able to kind of work their way through. And so I think you can still see it in CrossFit while you have these top tier athletes training full time. I, I still enjoy it right now where you see like, I mean, Pat Vellner just went full time a a year or two ago at the most. And you know, you see Justin Medeiros, I think he's probably still in school. You're in school. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, people still studying and working. And for me, that's like really kind of fun to think, man, you know, like they're out there working a full-time job and able to do this. So that makes him even more superhuman to me because I work a full-time job and I can barely get my house clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, don't get me wrong. I, I also love that about our sport. And like I said, I'm about to be that person. I was that person this past year who had like to split about 50, 50 with training with like real life. Um, Oh my God. You're in, you were in school like 150 hours a week, 50, 50, my butt. You were like, I got to wake up at 3am to train. And then I got to go train at 9pm. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I enjoy that, 
you know, because I think it makes it also realistic for people to bust their butt in the gym and then be like, you know, even if it's not realistic, they're going to make the games. They're like, yeah, I can be really fit, you know? And like, it's not that I need to dedicate my life to fitness and like only train, eat, recover, train again, you know, right. Repeat. Um, but it's, it's more, it comes from more of a place of like, we talk about golf actually in the PFA about a model for, for CrossFit. And I will be the first one to admit, I don't know a lot about other sports structures and pay structures, but I do know that golf, you know, you can play a ton of players, I think play to get into a weekend. And if you qualify for the weekend, if you play well enough, then you earn a significant amount of money for just playing that weekend as opposed to, you know, like the, the top, only the top five at semifinals made money. That's just a different, it's, they're two different things. We can't compare them exactly close together, but for example, that's what I would love to see is like, if you qualify for semifinals, you make enough money to like travel there, stay the weekend. And you've also made money because ideally this is like what you do for a living. So even if you don't make the games, you still have something. Mm Mm-hmm. Golf's a good model for you guys to look at because golf is similar to the CrossFit and any jackass can go out and do it, right? You go out, you buy some clubs, you buy shoes. There's a lot of shoes, right, for golf, and you go play. And CrossFit's the same way. Anybody can sign up and do it. And so, you you know, in theory, we should be able to gather fans kind of the same way, you know. Um, but there is a lot more money in golf then there clearly yeah. will, will probably ever be in CrossFit. But I think it's a good model for you guys to be discussing as a group of how do we, you know, piggyback and help help some of these events come up with bigger prize purses. So people are a more attracted to the sport. You know, you, it makes the events better themselves. So more fans come in and just kind of snowballs that way. And to your point, it makes the teen athletes want to come up and do this. You know, so it's yeah. It's the model yeah, I do that. All right. I have another, I have another programming question. So we don't know what individual event two is just yet. Um, but for individual event three, it's been announced that it is a 550 yard sprint period. Yeah. Yeah. So that is all we know. It is just like, and I, I say that because like, I never know, you know, if we, if we get to games and all of a sudden Dave Castro is like, it's a 550 yard sprint across sharks. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, but right now, <laughs> kind of like you never know, <laughs> but right now um, that's where the sentence ends. So, you know, w- there's always a running event. We, you know, now in order to be good at CrossFit, you also have to be good at running. Um, but this is a way different structure. So when you saw that, what was kind of like your first thought? I thought, wow, that's a long distance to sprint. (laughs) (laughs) Literally literally my actual first thought. I was, I converted 550 yards to meters to make sure that I wasn't doing the math wrong in my head and then thought like, wow, that's a long sprint. What is it? How many meters? Wait, I can do it. You don't have to have that answer. It's 500. So it's like a 500 meter sprint. What? Is that, is that right? Did I did that right? Right. Everyone check me now. Well done. Yards to checker Nikki. Yards to right like now. If there are any Europeans listening right now, they're like, "What the bloody hell?" Is wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just just over five. You're totally right. Five hundred two point nine two. 
Yeah. It, Cause in my, in my head, the math is like almost one-to-one, a little bit less for meters. And I was like, wow, that's a long way to sprint. Um, I think that it's going to be interesting for many reasons. One, because I think later in the weekend, we'll see a longer run. We always will, but it'll be woven in with something else or, I mean, or it'll be on its own. We don't know. Um, but we've seen in the past couple of years, these like sprint events where it's literally just running, just sprinting down the field. Maybe it involves some cutting. Maybe mm-hmm. it involves a turnaround. Um, we see a lot of single modality, single movement events at the games where you just have to do one thing. You have kind of nothing else to lean on. And I think it separates out the people who are like super well-rounded. Like, you know, you see people who at the end of the weekend come out with nothing, you know, lower than a top 10 finish or nothing lower than a 15th finish. And those are the people that like, I think that means a lot more to me to have high finishes in those single modality just as much as it means to do well across it, you know, cause in CrossFit you can hide in certain movements. You know, if you're really good at one of them, not so good at another one, there's a little bit of variety, but with a 550 meter, 550 yard, 500 meter sprint, there's nowhere to hide. So if you haven't been working on your sprinting yeah. at, five, at 500 meters, like, like, <laughs> You know, who has what this is going to look like? There will not be a single athlete in the field, not a one that will do this in under a minute. Not a single one. The world record is 57 seconds. Yeah. I mean, it would be super impressive if someone did. I mean, okay, so I actually don't know what Christie's events, but she ran track and field. She has a track and field background. So she you know, that's a good event for her, for running. Hmm. Obviously there's a lot of athletes that are good at running, but um, I'm Googling this as we speak, the female world (laughs) record for the 500 meter is a minute five, almost a minute six. Okay. So we're not, we're just not those people. Like these CrossFitters are not those, those world record runners. So it's going to be longer than that. Well, but it will be how far off they are though. That's what will be exciting to me is like, how far off are they from the world record holders? I bet it's not as far as you think. I don't, I don't think it'll be as far as, as far off either. I mean, Mm -hmm. and what's most impressive too, is that a, they don't just train running, you know, like, these athletes train multiple things. Whereas I would assume Olympic sprinters mostly train sprinting. Um, and then number two is they carry around a lot more body mass than runners. Like Rob and I, for fun, we just watch like the time trials of track meets and like we watch the little clock counter at the bottom of the screen because they don't look like they're going that fast. We're like, Oh, they're not even moving. And then it's like 800 meters in like 245, And we're like, uh, I can't even run like, you know, if I'm running like way less than that in that time. Um, so it's, that's going to be really impressive. And one thing that I want to say that I really like about this event when it was announced, besides the fact that it's like a very long way to be pushing that hard is that I love when games events are so simple and so accessible to people. It's like really easy for them to say like, Hey, it's easy for them to put the performance in perspective. So like anyone can run 500 meters and like anyone can do that and 
know what that feels like. And then they're going to look at these athletes do it in like, let's say a minute 10, you know, something super close to the world record and just be like, wow, what would it feel like for me to run 500 meters in a minute 10? Whereas something that is more like the pit, for example, the pig flip, the muscle up, it's like hard for people to say, because they haven't lifted the pig, maybe they can't do a bar muscle up or whatever kind of muscle up is coming, you know? So it's like, those events are harder for people to say, to know what that performance look, feels like and put it in perspective. Whereas a 500 meter run is going to be insane to see what these athletes do. The real question is, will anyone outrun Marston from the buttery bros? I say no. <laughs> I say no. He should be training now for that. I think he should like start practicing his sprint. I spent two two full summers and, and four different seasons uh, following around my daughter when she was running AAU track and going to track meets and high school meets and whatever. And so I've seen kids at all levels run And it'll be really interesting to see which of the athletes have a running background that understand how hard 500 meters are and how many go out there and just think I can do this. If, uh, you know, if any are dumb enough to do that, but someone will inevitably someone will, and they'll burn out and finish dead last in this, not realizing how hard 500 500 meters doesn't sound difficult when you say it out loud. It's incredibly hard. I don't even want to sprint 400 meters. Like I think about the time that I like time trialed a 400 and that was like so far from fun because there's just, it's short enough that you can't start slow. There's like literally, there's no pacing. Like you really, you can't really pace yourself. And then it gets really, really hard and shitty by like halfway, like not even past halfway, like before halfway and then you just have to keep going, like, because it's almost done. It's 500 is going to be so hard. Such well, a that's, the, that's the thing with 500. There is a window where you can't max out too early. Otherwise, yeah. you will, it'll be just like a normal CrossFit workout where you, you know, you blow it out in round one and then you realize, oh my God, what did I just do to myself? This is the same thing. And I think a lot of them will find it at that 400 meter mark if they, if they cross that red line. And it's hard to feel it if you don't run a lot. And so that's where someone like a Christie who has a running background and some of the others will probably have a significant advantage because they know where that red line is. And if you've never felt it, it's, it's a scary place to be for them. So yeah. it'll be fun to watch. I'm excited to see that one. Yeah. For, for a very short, very like, I would say boring movement to watch in general, that event is going to be very interesting. And I will throw out there as well that like, when you're it's event what three yeah so it's probably on day one like yes yeah think about you said don't go out too fast but like how do you not go out fast when you're in a huge ice yeah. let's just say everyone's starting like you don't want to be left behind you've got all this adrenaline like you're feeling good in that first hundred so you just go it's going to take a really um conscious athlete, someone who's really, really conscious of their own personal pacing to do that right. And to hold back just enough that they can pull out a good finish. It's hard when someone's ahead of you to not want to pass them. Yeah. Mm. Really Mm -hmm. hard. And at that distance, you have to pull back. If you know, 
you've got, you know, another 150 meters to go and you've got that extra kick and to hold back just long enough to do it is really hard. It's going to be fun. But at the same time, like it's a minute long event. Like they're almost, if you pace it too slow from the beginning, you're also going to finish last because there's no time to make up. Like there's no space for you to make it up. So that'll be a good leaderboard shuffle. I love it. So we don't, um, we don't know a ton more. There's a lot of classic CrossFit stuff that's been announced. There's some, there's a ski or sandbag carry event. There's going to be some sort of handstand walk event. Um, but you know, uh, in true CrossFit games fashion, we'll, we'll hear more on the day of competition, I'm sure. But Steph, when you're a week out and you've got like two, three, kind of maybe four ish hints, how much do you like break it down and overanalyze and whatever versus just say like, okay, I know it. Um, I'll, I'll do it when I get there or like do test things ahead of time. Like what is the, what is the one week out brain space look like? For me, it's always been whatever keeps me the most calm. So like there, everyone knows in the last week, you're not going to get fitter, right? It's kind of like a losing game. You can lose it in the last week, but you can't really win it because you're not going to gain fitness, but you can like injure yourself or work yourself into the ground and not recover properly. Um, I know I saw today the handstand obstacle was announced again, which is something that if, if athletes were there in 2018 and struggled with, like that might be something that they could work on in preparation because it's relatively low impact. It's a skill. So I guess if there's any skills that they're working on, they could try to like dial those in a little bit. But as with any skills you see at the games, it's really difficult to know how you're going to see it and maybe to even have the equipment needed to simulate it properly. So yeah, for me, it was always about like, okay, maybe a little bit of skill work, a little bit of fitness just to keep me sane and then recover the best you can, you know, knowing if there's any injuries anyone has going into it, like trying to maximize the recovery for those, or maybe solidify a plan for events that, you know, are going to take a toll on, on those body parts. Um, this, the thing is, is you're real, you really want to practice the events, but not knowing much, it really doesn't make sense to do any of them. So mm-hmm. you, gotta, you just have to be smart. Well, that's why I'm not a games athlete. Cause I'm not smart. That's the, <laughs> only, that's the only reason. That's the only reason. The only 100%. reason. Hey, we need to talk about our sponsors, Nikki. We have Mitch Ooh, yeah. to talk about one of, one of which Steph uses all the time. Airwave. Yeah. I'm I do. so I'm so happy that Airwave is back. We have a real professional Airwave user, not just me and you putting them in our mouth holes. Yeah, so slobbering in the basement. <laughs> if you will, say, you want me to do this one for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, can you tell us like what, why you like it, why you use it? Yeah, I. So I started using it. Um, God, how long ago? Probably six months ago, maybe longer. Um, and I used it kind of intermittently. I don't, I never played like team sports, so I wasn't used to having a mouth guard in my mouth. Um, mouth hole. We call it a mouth hole on this show. Mouth hole. Sorry, mouth hole. <laughs> I don't have things in my mouth hole while I work out. But um, as I started to get used to it, I started, and I really started using it mostly when I was running, like on the runner, um, because it's an easy way to like, you're kind of just running. So 
you forget that it's in your mouth and like, but I could tell that there was a difference and that like when I wore it, I was breathing, I was in more in control of my breathing, which is typically something like when I get tired running, I start to panic and then my breathing goes all crazy and like you can't get a breath and then it makes everything worse. And I noticed that when I was doing my repeats and I was wearing Airwave, like that point never came. Like I would finish my piece and feel like a lot more put together than I was before. So I started wearing it more and I find that it's really helpful for me in intervals. I like it because I can recover so much faster in between than I would before. You know, I like, I, I catch my breath a lot faster because it's reducing my respiratory rate. Um, and improving how I use oxygen. And I've recently started using it more and more for lifting because apparently I really like to bite down when I lift. And I never knew it because I, I wouldn't intentionally want to grind my teeth, but when I'm wearing it, I bite down really hard and it really helps me, um, in the lift. And that's one, one thing that, um, bearing down has been shown to reduce cortisol production. So it helps you recover a little bit faster, less stress hormones, um, better recovery. Wow. Yeah. I love the science behind it. That, that is the coolest part for me. And we had Dr. Gardner on the show uh, a while back. If you guys haven't heard that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, and she actually set out to disprove the mouthpiece theories uh, in sport. And that was the coolest thing for me is she was, you know, just a, an avid researcher. And she was like, no way that shit's real. And then she did the research and she was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. This is like totally legit. So then, you know, obviously they pull in very conscious athletes like yourself who can continuously prove their science. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Well, I hope that I did. I hope that explanation did her podcast justice. Um, <laughs> the, most, I, actually, I think the most professional mid show ad we've done for them. So I know making them on. So <laughs> they should be very pleased because usually I just talk about how I'm slobbering in it. So you were perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I also set out to disprove it. I think anyone who's a good scientist should be setting out to like disprove things rather than prove them and confirm their own beliefs. Um, I think you're a little more uh, unbiased that way. Yeah. But so I also said the same when, um, when they reached out and they're like, Hey, would you be willing to train with this? I was like, um, probably not, but I mean, I'll give it a try. Like, you know, I was like, I don't want anything in my mouth hole. Like I'm breathing through there, you know, like get right. out. But it really like, it changes, it changes how I breathe. It changes my respiratory rate. It definitely changes how I feel after that, like short, intense burst, um, of, of hard work. And yeah, I really like it. So I do, I train with it a lot now. It's made a huge difference. And the research is convincing to me because, they are serious about their studies. Yeah. And that yeah. means a lot to me as a, as an athlete. Worth mentioning that it's um, airwave with two extra A's on the end. So A I R W A A V.com. If you want to grab one and try her out yourself. So technically you three could, A's. Technically. Yeah. Three A's. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Was, there was no good way to say that. Three big A's. Yeah. You could also, if you're, unsure if you're spelling it right. There's a link in my Instagram bio that you could go to. Do you have a code stuff? I do. It is S C 10 one zero. 
Perfect. Um, also, we have a, another sponsor worth talking about uh, right now, too, which is Gooder. And I'm particularly excited that they are um, helping us on this show because John and I have been wearing their sunglasses for way longer than before we were sponsored. We should have been sponsored for ages from these guys. I have two pairs. I have a gray pair I bought at Wadapalooza. And then I got a second pair in a, in a box that came to me. And they're, um, they're bright. They, they are tight. I have been watching you wear those oh, recently and they look them. so good. And, and they're named like Becky's bachelorette something. <laughs> and I posted a photo and someone inevitably messaged me. Are those Becky's bachelorette glasses? I'm like, yes, they are. Thank No, someone new. Yeah. Somebody knew exactly what the name, they have all these great names. Like all their glasses have these really fun, funky names, you know, and, and they have all these crazy colors and uh, yeah, somebody inevitably knew exactly what they were and messaged me and they oh look great. They look great. They're, you know, they're mirrored. So no one can see where I'm staring, which is even better. And uh, I love them. I think they, they're great. I'm excited, yeah, good or- I'm excited to wear them at the games. Gooder sunglasses are super fun. Um, they are all like really well made for working out. So like they look wicked cute, but then you can also work out in them because they've got that like no bounce, no slip little nose piece and they're all polarized. And also they're all like 25 to 35 bucks. So if you're like me and you just like throw sunglasses in your purse and you're kind of like on the go constantly, you don't have to worry about, yeah, you don't have to worry about like, you know, your Gucci's getting tore up. Here's some of the names of their glasses, Nikki. Okay. The Ginger Soul. Those are the all black ones, aren't they? Yes. (laughs) Bosley's Basset Hound Dreams. Going to Valhalla Witness. Gardening with a Kraken. (laughs) These are great (laughs) names. Um, My favorite are kind of bougie looking and they're the like cat eye ones. They've got gold on the side and they're called breakfast run to Tiffany's. Uh, How about mojito mo problems? That one's pretty good too. (laughs) I love that. That's a really good one. Um, It's also worth mentioning they have um, blue light blockers. So if sunglasses aren't your jam, but gooder is, then you can get yourself some blue lights and, you know, use those when you look at your computer. And we have a code, right? What's our code? What is our code, John? MPGA15. Do I have that right? I'm pretty sure I have that right. Sounds right. MPGA15 for 15% off at gooder.com. G-O-O-D-R.com. Stephanie's sitting there listening to this going, Jesus Christ, are they professionals? Like what? Like, No, I'm sitting here being like, John, don't get the code wrong because I'm about to go use it. So don't give me the, don't go give me the wrong code. Get a pair. I'm telling you, I I don't wear a lot of sunglasses, but I love these things. And that is the no BS answer. Like, you know, I tell Nikki all the time, like, I don't want to take on any sponsors that I don't use their stuff. Yeah. And when she messages, she's like, hey, we're talking to Gooder. I'm like, I love Gooder. Let's totally do it because their stuff's so good. So fun. It's so Gooder. So there you go. Can we just take a minute to look at the field of athletes that are going to the games this year, because I just feel like for the first time in a long time, I am having a really hard time, like envisioning what a top five or even a top 10 could look like. Okay. Men or women, where are we starting? (sighs) I mean, let's start with women. Let's start with women. Um, I guess I just, I'm just at the, I mean, obviously 
I think that Tia is the most dominant female athlete that our sport has seen, potentially one of the most dominant athletes that our sport has ever seen. No need to quantify with a gender. Um, and, and there is no doubt in my mind, especially given what she's looked like this past season, especially what semifinals look like that she'll stand atop the podium. And that's not like a throwaway. That is like, this girl is badass and earned that spot. I would love to see her walk away as a champion yet again, but then that shuffle behind her, like, I didn't know, I didn't know, (laughs) just don't know. That's part of what's so cool about the women's field is I would agree with you. I think, I think Tia wins this year as well. I, to me, that's like, I also, I feel the same exact way. Couldn't have said it better. Um, I think the women's field and the men's field this year as well. It's so interesting when there's so many people who could be in contention for podium and top five, you know, and I think even, there's this potential for a huge shuffle through top 10. I, I would be really hard pressed and I hate doing the predictions. So I don't because they're all my friends and I love them and I want everyone to do really well, but it would be really, really hard to pick a top 10. You just don't know. I think anyone could do it. Oh, I I'll pick a top 10. Okay. Me too. None of them are my friends. None of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, look, it was like, I agree. I know what you're saying. And I agree. Like I look at this field and I'm like, you, if you even just look at the last chance qualifiers, you're like Emma tall and Christy Aramo could win this thing, or it could be top right. three, like could make the podium. There's so many good athletes, you know, the, the difference between the last chance qualifiers and the people winning the semis, the gap is not very big. And you also, I think you have to take into account that the semis is a much different experience in the games. The semis is a short, two and a half, three day event that sometimes lends to the strengths of the athletes that happen to be in that field. Doesn't mean they don't, you know, they don't um, deserve to be at the games, but it's a much different event than a five day, you know, four or five day event. That's way more broadly programmed than short semi. So you'll certainly see, you know, some people, my point to that is you may see people who want a semi who've, finish way behind someone they beat at that same semi that's very very possible and like the last chance qualifiers is a good example of that where you know christy Aramo was at granite games with you and and didn't qualify at granite had to go last chance and she qualified like she could make the podium at the games in a longer event with more stuff yeah. 100%. I speaking actually specifically to Christie's case, um, Granite Games had no longer aerobic events uh, like many of the other semifinals did, which Christie's a fantastic athlete, but she really does excel in those kind of longer events. Um, she clearly last chance qualifier didn't have any long events either, and she knocked that out of the park. So I also, I, she's definitely someone to watch just because she qualified through last chance qualifier. I don't think you count her out at all games events really suit her. She's also a fantastic swimmer and I would bet she's very good at stand up paddle or whatever paddling they'll be doing. So, um, so yeah, the games events are so different than semifinals programming. Um, so it really, I don't know that there's much indication if just by looking at semifinals performances to how these athletes will rank out in the games. 
Well, and you know, you also have to take into account some of them are traveling long distances to get to get here. Mm-hmm. Like particularly the Australian and European athletes that are having to go to Mexico, for instance, and hang out and then come into the state. Like I think of um Cara Sanders is a good example of someone, you know, not only has she had this like super long trip to get here, she's you know, she's away from her kid. She has a new baby, you know, or a baby mm-hmm. at home that she's away from and like that plays into it for her, you know. Yeah. So it's there's just a lot that goes into all of these athletes, but here's my, here, I'll give you a short list. Okay. Uh, Emma tall. Okay. It's not going to be that short. Christy Aramo, Daniel Brandon. Maybe I just go through the whole list. Ah! Um, Carrie Pierce does great at the games every year. Every like, year. Like every year she's right in there. Uh, Bethany Shadburn looked great. Like she looks so oh, good at West coast. So Classic. calm. She's yeah. always so chill. I'm like, oh my god, you you didn't die, and you're doing so great. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that was good. I'm like, what? yeah, she looked great. Uh, obviously, our girl Danny uh, looked yeah. also looks great. Annie Thor's daughters back. At the- I have her in my top five too. Yeah, I, I don't do. know if I have her in my top five. I have her in my top five in my heart. Does that count? Yes, that, it does. That counts. I my hope is I'd love to see it. Like. If I could say, if you, if you had to pick one that you're like, you just pray makes the podium, she'd be the one. Because I love Annie. Like, she's yeah. been my hero since I started CrossFit. She was the totally. champion that year, you know. Um, Katrin, Kristen Holt. I, I'm i going to throw this prediction out there. It's as a, kind of a wild one. But I'm going to throw out that in second place behind Tia is Haley this year. I was just about to ask where you had Haley. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we were there for the Mac. You know, people doubt Haley, but I'm telling you, had T and I been there, Haley would have soundly won the Mac. Soundly. She looked fantastic in every way. She has very few weaknesses. She'll look great at the games. She's got a lot of endurance. She'll do well, I think. I know it's kind of wild to think like such a young athlete on the heels of someone so great and dominant in our sport, but it would be a really cool, just like, like turn of events if it shook out that way. And so that's, that's how I'm throwing it out there. I wouldn't be shocked to see Emma Carrier or Mal O'Brien in the top five. Would really? Not, would not shock me. Look, here's the thing about teen athletes. They have zero fear. Zero, both of those. And you know who has less, uh, I shouldn't, I can't speak for Mal, but Emma has no fear. You saw it at Granite Games. Like she has no fear to the point where she makes mistakes from time to time, which actually kept her from winning that event. Like she would have won the Granite Games short of two mistakes that she made that were just like kind of mental errors. She's got the fitness to get there, you know? So she doesn't make those mistakes. And with her fearlessness, she's got a real shot at the podium. Real shot. I definitely, okay. I don't like to do to do predictions, obviously, but I do think like it depends on how, um, like how they weather the games. You know, I know that they've yeah. been there as teens. I think it's a little bit different to be there as an individual, but to what I could see, both of them handled you know semifinals pretty well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see either of those two in, you know, the top 10 or maybe like you said, the top five. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me. Brooke Wells looks great. Amanda Barnhart. Like Always. You're going to see a lot. Of, and the only other one I have on my list is Ellie Turner from Australia. She looked great 
at um, the semi and she's super mm-hmm. So, and I'm, you know, I know I'm going to get DMs from people. What about so-and-so who goes to my gym? Okay. I don't know so-and-so. So get off my back. Any, any of these people, like these are the, the most unbelievable athletes out there. Any of these people could take anything. This is not an invitation for y'all's DMs. Okay. I know there's, okay. There's the women, the women's side is stacked to this year though. Totally. For sure. Really well, fun to watch. Really more. I think more fun than the men personally. Well, so normally I would say that, but with this being the first year that we don't have Matt in the men's mix, I, yes. I think that the men's competition will be much more like exciting and a lot more shuffling in a, in just a different way that we've seen in the past. Like it was always exciting to watch him dominate. And I loved that. And I, I was never bored of it, but I just think that this year I, I, I also don't know how to make a top five and I also don't know how to make a one, like who's in the top spot. Whose is it? I don't know. I don't know who is in the top spot. Um, I have a short list. I hope that this year no one comes into the the men's event and and gives the narrative that well, you know, they're a placeholder for what should have been Matt's title. Like everyone no. that's there, and but you're going to hear that from some people. And uh, like this is a a really talented group of men. Uh, you know, you know how I feel about the Panchecks, and I think Scott has a really really good shot like he looks as good as he's ever looked he looked great at the mac i know he finished second but again it's kind of a short weekend you know he's got that dad strength thing going on right now like he looks really good pat vellner looks really good um you know those are two i'd like to see do extremely well but you know there's so many others that maybe aren't like the names quote unquote you know jeff adler is Super talented. Um, Justin Medeiros. Justin I, have Medeiros. A, I have a few on the guys that I just like off the top of my head because, like I said, I don't predict. But Brent is always good at the games. He's a very good games athlete. Um, I Cole Sager. Yeah. You know, Cole looked great at West so Coast. So good. So good at West Coast. Yeah. Like he could like go out and run the table on this thing. Cole, Cole, Brent, and Scott are like, to me, they're like Mr. Consistencies. Like, those are the dudes that are always going to get top fives, that are always, they might not even win a single event, but they're going to be at the top of the leaderboard because they're just like so well-rounded. Yeah. I'll also like people that I'm always just watching and rooting for to do well are um, Chandler and Noah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have Noah taking the top spot. I think he's been fighting for it for so long that that it would be well deserved if he were able to pull it off. The, the thing sure. you have to look at for a long weekend like this is who's going to have the most consistent weekend. Nick and I were talking about this off the air. Like the people, Matt was the rare exception of someone who would go out and win a bunch of events and finish top ten. Is very likely going to be somebody who has a bunch of top ten finishes but doesn't have any bottom 10% finishes. Right. That's, right. that's really the trick. And like, you look at some, like, cause you'll see people like Colton Mertens is a good example. This is a guy that's going to come in and win a couple of events and he's going to screw the pooch in a couple of events too, probably. 
Yeah, potentially. Yeah. You know, he's still, I don't, I'm not saying that to be insulting. Like he's a hell of a good athlete, but you saw that from him at Granite games. Like he, he kind of ran the table for three events and then he had a couple of like weaknesses that really hurt him. And over a long week, you know, you'll see that. So he'll mess up some other people's games. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah. All Um, right. You can't talk. Oh, go ahead, Steph. No, I was going to say, if you want to talk consistency, there's two big names we're leaving out. I was going to say that one of them, one of them is going to be BKG, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And Yone Koske. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I think those two, like, obviously we're very US centric, like being here and all the in-person semifinals being here. But like, I mean, you just can't forget them. You know, it's like they're consistent and they fly under the radar and they just never have those low finishes because they're good Mm -hmm. at everything. Like, you know, it's not flashy, but they get the job done. So I will add final Mr. Consistency is Travis Mayer. Yeah. And you forget about him until he's in fucking third place. You know what I mean? The the only other thing I would add is you have a couple of athletes that are kind of newer to the games that are younger. Like a Jay Crouch is a good example. He's 22 years old. Right. And then you've got like Scott, you've got Scott, who's in his thirties, Travis, who's in his thirties, you know, like there is a difference like that eight to 10 year difference that you get between someone in their early twenties and their early thirties. There's some recovery difference there for those guys. And so you could see someone like a Jay come in and have a really good four or five days because they recover better in the the events, just kind of stack up to that for them. So It'll be fun to see what happens here. I'm just going to say flash in the pan, Jason Hopper, I'm expecting big things from. He was just so cool to watch at the Mac um, and such a sweet guy and, uh, you know, new, new, like to this type of a competition, not new to sport. And I think that you'll see that experience play a good role. So I'm just, I'm just throwing that one out there too. flash in the pan. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's likely he's, he might also be four inches too tall. Potentially. Offense. Yeah. He's holding yeah. it down for the tall guys. Yeah. yeah but sure. he, was, he was fun to watch the Mac. So it could, it could be really interesting to see, you know, I love watching these guys that come in, they win or they finish high in a semi mm-hmm. and they come in kind of on that high confidence level. And they're not, you know, kind of like that we we're talking with the teen athletes. They're not scared of anything. So they just come in and they look great from the beginning. So, uh, <laughs> It'd be interesting. Well, I know that um, I know that we have to wrap up, Steph. I just want to kind of give you a quick chance before we close out here to um, let our listeners know. I know that you're taking a short step back from competitive CrossFit. So, what's your plan now that you're you know going to like run off and become a doctor on us, basically? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am starting PA school to become a physician assistant in September. So, my ninety percent focus 90% of my time is going to be spent in lecture in lab learning how to treat patients and save lives which I'm very excited about and then the other 10% is going to be training and self-care for my own sanity so I am taking a step back next year in competing I will do the open because you always do the open doesn't matter what shape you're in you know unless you're physically injured and like can't safely complete it like i always do the open so i will be doing that but i won't be going any further than that um purely for time reasons 
Uh, we'll see in the second year how I can manage it. But that for now is what's on the horizon. And until then, I have some time off. So I'm actually headed out to Madison for the games. Super excited. I wish I was competing there, obviously, but I'm very excited to be a spectator. And I have a couple events. So I'll get to meet a lot of people, say hi, take pictures, drink the CrossFit Kool-Aid and be just a, a spectator for once rather than uh, an athlete, hyper-focused and you're like totally ready to deliver my baby if necessary, right? Totally. I'll bring my stethoscope. <laughs> I've watched some YouTube videos, you know, like. We're good. We're can't good. Can't be that hard, right? Yeah. I thought yeah. I was delivering the baby. I've, I've been in the room for two. I can deliver this baby. I got Oh, actually, John has the most experience of the three yeah. of us on this show right now. So actually, it's probably a better idea. I got this. No, no the medical back, team. The medical team yeah. promised to set up the Noble Birthing Center for me. So <laughs> I, t- I, I'm not going to lie to you, Nikki. If you go into labor, the I'm going to just run really, really fast to medical, and that's going to be my role. That's like, fine. I don't know what I'm doing. This is going to be like, Nikki's going to go into labor, and they're going to get on the speakers. There's a doctor in the house, and somebody's just going to toss a lacrosse ball to you. That's what's going to happen. Perfect. Perfect. That's all I need. Really, we'll take care of that yes. back labor with this. We learned this in the level one here. Just roll on this. You'll be fine. <laughs> Y'all I picked a hospital in Madison, just in case it is eight minutes away from the Alliant energy center. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. And you know, like I'll knock on wood, but I just have this feeling that we're going to, you're going to be home in Rhode Island, just waiting, sitting on your hands being like, please, can we be done yet? I agree. I think we're going to, I do appreciate all the extra accommodations everyone's making, but I do think we're going to go to games, come home and then wait two weeks for the baby to come on his actual due date. So that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Cool. I'd be worried if it were your second baby and first baby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would too, but I think you're going to have like, you know, plenty of advanced warning, like more advanced warning than you, you want. You telling me I'm going to have a long labor. I mean, I'm not going to like put that on you, but that's yes. what I think. Yes. Yes, you are. 36 <laughs> hours. It's what my mom did. Oh, gross. Let's not do oh. that. Anyway, Steph, thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do some more of these when, when we're in Madison, John. Yes, we're absolutely going to be podcasting for Madison. So Steph will be joining for that as well as whoever else we can wrangle in while we're there. So should be good stuff. I love it. So it's a plan. All right. Well, ladies, this has been fun as always. Bean made his last minute appearance. Everybody say hi to Bean. Or say goodbye to Bean since we're going. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you guys soon.